0: Praise God, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen. Um, I'm excited today to jump back into a series that we've been doing for the last few weeks called Spiritual Disciplines, and uh, I want to speak to all of you today, but I especially want to speak to our baptism candidates who are over here, and uh, getting ready to make a statement this morning, amen, come on. They're getting ready to make a, a public declaration this morning that Jesus Christ is the Lord of their lives, and so I'm speaking to you guys, but I'm speaking to all of you this morning, but here's what I want you guys to know as you prepare to take this step, that he who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to completion. Amen? And so you're, you're taking a step this morning. You're declaring your faith in Jesus Christ. But know this, the work that he's begun in you, he will complete. Uh, and so we've been talking about these spiritual disciplines because really uh, these spiritual disciplines are what allow us to be transformed. The, the purpose of the spiritual disciplines is this. It's a total transformation of our lives now here's the thing as you take this step this morning you are declaring Jesus as your Lord and Savior but you're also realizing this I hope you realize this today that there's a process of sanctification that's going to continue in your lives what does that mean it's a fancy word that means that God wants to set you apart and God wants to purify you and so how do we get there it's through these spiritual disciplines Uh, The Word of God tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be, some of you know it, transformed, right? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is. How many of you want to know the will of God for your life, right? By testing you may discern what the will of God is. What is good and acceptable and perfect, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how is the mind renewed? That's the question this morning. I believe it's this, by applying those things, those truths, that will transform it. Today, we're focusing on the spiritual discipline of study. Now, when I say study, I know some of you, your eyes glaze right over, right? You're like, man, pastor, I did that long ago. I went through school. I'm done with that. I don't want to study anymore. Um, I graduated, right? But you think of the word study. Maybe you think of textbooks. You think of you know new new concepts, memorizing facts, reading, critical analysis, memorization. And I want to tell you why all those things are important when it comes to the spiritual discipline as well. Understand this today. This spiritual discipline is used for a very different purpose. In our studies in school, maybe some of you have to go back a little bit ways to remember this, right? But generally, you're cramming all these facts into your head for a test. And once the test is done, you're like, I don't need that anymore, right? (laughs) I got through it, right? But when we talk about the spiritual discipline of study, understand this. There is a different purpose for it. The one who studies for spiritual gain studies with a different purpose. His goal, her goal, is to deeply absorb the knowledge of the Word of God and to make it a permanent part of his soul. And I can tell you this that this practice of studying is far more rewarding than any homework you did in school, okay? And so the gain of the the purpose of the spiritual discipline, again, is a total transformation of the person. It's a way that helps us replace all those old destructive habits of thought and gives us new life-giving habits. It's often been said that a man's thoughts determine his reality. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinketh, In his heart, so is he, right? But how do we change our thoughts in order to change our lives? That's what I want to talk about this morning. You see, when you begin to take action, your thoughts will shift to match the new reality that's created by your behavior. But how do you decide what actions to take in the first place? How do you decide that? Well, the truth is that our thoughts and our actions will always be tied together. You know that this morning? Our thoughts and our actions will always be tied together. And this is true on a couple of different levels. Action and thought creates this kind of loop in your life. Each one feeds the other one. And so when we study the Word of God, it gives us insight on what actions we ought to take. And as we take those actions, then our experience tests the validity of what we've studied. And so there's this cycle of action and reflection and action. I hope that's a part of your life. You you step out and you do what God tells you to do, and then you reflect on His faithfulness in that and and so this studying we're talking about i want to tell you is not a passive process it is an active process think about it whenever you apply your mind to something that thing shapes you right back whenever you give your mind to something that thing changes you richard foster puts it this way in celebration of discipline he says this study is a specific kind of experience in which through careful attention to reality, the mind is enabled to move in a certain direction. The mind will always take on an order conforming to the order upon which it concentrates. You got that? The mind will always take on an order conforming to the order upon which it concentrates. He says perhaps we observe a tree or we read a book. We see it and feel it, understand it, draw conclusions from it, And as we do, our thought processes take on an order conforming to the order in the tree or the book. When this is done with concentration and perception and repetition, that's a key, repetition, ingrained habits of thought are formed. Whatever we pay attention to, church, becomes our reality. And so the spiritual discipline of study, it takes that fact very seriously. It causes us to be intentional on those things we choose to focus on. Because giving any level of attention to something will always change you in return. And the more intensely you study something, the more your mind will conform to the order upon which it concentrates. Don't be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed, amen, by the renewing of your mind. And so ultimately, the purpose of the spiritual discipline of study is this. It's to take knowledge on the long journey from here to here, right? To take the knowledge that we get from the Word of God from our heads to our hearts. We want to incorporate the truth that we learn into our very beings. And as we do that, understand it not only changes our thought patterns... It actually changes our entire way of living. That's that's what studying the Word of God can do for us. Now, what things can be studied spiritually? Of course, at at the very center of it is the Word of God, right? Trying to live the Christian life without the Word of God is like jumping out of a plane without a parachute, okay? When the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, Jesus responded with Scripture, right? He said to Satan, it is... Written right now, you might ask this morning, Well, I I know the Bible's important, Pastor, but why do I need the Bible when I have the Holy Spirit? Doesn't the Holy Spirit direct me? Can't He speak to me? Well, we need the Bible in order to discern what the Holy Spirit is telling us. You see, if we think the Holy Spirit's telling us to do something and it contradicts the Word of God, I can tell you today it's not the Holy Spirit, okay? It's something you ate last night, right? And so anything from books to behavior to natural phenomenon, we can examine those things and study those things and and focus on those things with a spiritual mindset to understand what's happening. Even the events of our day. I hope you're praying in this day and age, Lord, give me discernment, right? There's so much going on around us. How do we discern what's true and what's not? Richard Foster argues that we ought to meditate upon the events of our time and to seek to perceive their significance he even writes this he says we have a spiritual obligation to penetrate the inner meanings of meaning of events in order to gain prophetic perspective what is prophetic perspective we typically think of prophecy as foretelling the future right i want to be profet- want to understand what's ahead of me but understand this Prophecy also concerns interpretation. It's gaining insight into what is happening right here and right now. And so what books are worth studying? Well, anything that contains the truth of God's Word and expands your soul can be on the table for spiritual study. The Apostle Paul offers a good rule of thumb here, and it's this. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on, right? He's saying, study these things. I want to tell you today, there is a difference between reading and studying, right? Some of you know that. The spiritual discipline of study involves more than just reading, and that difference goes beyond just what you read. Just because you're reading the Bible does not mean you're studying it. Studying differs from reading to the degree of immersion, right? How, how much are we really focusing on the text? Reading is about breath. How many chapters can I get through today? But studying is about depth, right? How can I really apply the Word of God that I'm reading to my life right now? I think reading is a lot like crossing a lake on a jet ski, but studying is like scuba diving below the surface, right? On the jet ski, we want to see as much of the lake as we can possibly see. But when we dive below the surface, we are deliberately hunting for treasure. And so spiritually oriented study differs from reading in regards to your intentions. You're not just reading for information or entertainment, although there are stories in the Word of God that are very entertaining, right? But you're reading for discernment. You're seeking to know not just what a text means in general, you want to know what it means for you. And as you approach that text, you have to be open to the idea of it influencing your decisions. You have to be open to, man, as I get in the Word of God, this can change ideas about my life and how I think and how I act. And so study is essentially disciplined reading. In a time when we're prone to distraction, we are so prone to doing this, right? Skimming and scanning and going through it, right? We're so prone to that, that for many of us, when we go to study the Word of God, it requires this inner muscle that's really been atrophied to really study it, which makes it all the more worthwhile to exercise that muscle. And so how do you practice the spiritual discipline of study? I want to give you some practical things here as you go forward. Well, at its core, it involves the same uh, kind of practices of any studying. Critical analysis, contemplation, right? Thinking on what you read allows you to dive much deeper into the Word of God. And as we search, we can find some great insights. As we meditate on those truths, all of a sudden they become personalized and they become internalized. But here's some tips. Jot these down. Some great tips as you study. Number one, block out distractions. I'm not against the Bible on your phone. It's a great place to read it. But if you're reading it, notifications are popping up every two seconds, right? The texts are coming in. How, how concentrated are you in the Word of God? And that's why I think it's still important to have one of these, okay? Where you can set the, the phone aside and you can just get into the Word and you can silence that thing and block out those distractions. If you're going to use it on your phone, silence everything else. Close it out, right? Yeah. Um, and then as you read the Word of God, I'd encourage you to do this to highlight and to underline. If, if you open the Word of God and you do it with, with a pen and a highlighter, all of a sudden you'll find this, that your expectation increases to find something, right? If I'm approaching it saying there's something worth underlining, I'm going to find something in the Word of God. Thirdly, I would say this, take notes. Scribble in the margin of your Bibles, right in there, right? If you don't like to do that, some people are like, I don't want to write all over my Bible. Well, get a notebook and have it with you as you open the Word of God. As you read, I would say check cross-references. As you read a passage of Scripture, oftentimes in the Gospels, it's in another one of the Gospels, right? And so cross-reference it. Read the story somewhere else, especially if you're confused by it. I would say this. Look up words you don't know. (laughs) If you're reading and you come across a word that you don't know, look it up, okay? Uh, Check out the etymology of the word. What does that mean? It means where did this word come from, right? What does it really mean? I'd also say this, don't just read a chapter, outline a chapter. When you're going through and and you're reading a chapter, don't just read it, outline it, right? What is this chapter saying? And, And when you study, here's the deal, think about the truth of what you're reading for yourself before you turn it into a commentary for everyone else. Now. I've got to admit, as a pastor, this is one of those places where I struggle sometimes. I'm reading a passage I'm like, oh, that'll preach, right? And, and I'm thinking about how I can turn it into a sermon for everyone else before I apply it to my own life. But if I can't apply it here, then it's useless, okay? And, and so think about the truth of what you're reading before you apply it to everyone else. I'd encourage you to do this. Read a passage multiple times especially if you feel like you're not getting it, but when you think you got it, I want to tell you, you can keep reading it and you'll discover more and more truths in that Word of God. When your mind wanders, which sometimes it does, I want to encourage you, gently bring it back to the Scripture. Take time when you read, church, to reflect and to contemplate and to absorb what God is speaking to you through His Word. Have you ever closed a book only to, to realize you can hardly remember anything you read. Anyone with me, right? I just read five chapters with you. I don't know, right? It's almost like the information passed through you like water through a pipe. And when that happens, we can be tempted to think, I'm, I'm just not a good reader. I'm not a good studier, right? We can think that the discipline of study isn't worthwhile because we're left dry, we're left unchanged. In the spiritual disciplines for Christian life, Donald Whitley offers the following analogy to explain what I think is the real root issue. It isn't the person himself or the discipline of study, but it's how we go about study sometimes. He says this, imagine you've been outside on an icy day and then you come inside where there's a hot crackling fire in the fireplace. As you walk toward it, you are very cold. You stretch out your hands to the fire and you rub them together briskly during the two seconds it takes to walk past the glow and the warmth. When you reach the other side of the room, you realize, I'm still cold. Is there something wrong with you? Are you a second class warmer upper? I love that. Second class warmer upper? He says, No, the problem isn't you, it's your method. You didn't stay by the fire. If you want to get warm, you have to linger by the fire until it warms your skin and then your muscles and then your bones until you are fully warm. We know about that in the Northeast, right? Man, the colds in my bones, I've got to linger a little while by the fire. I want to tell you this, if you just quickly read one line after another in the Bible and you never pause to think about what you've read, those words don't have a chance to warm you. Those words don't have a chance to change you. Do you give Scripture a chance to warm you? Do do you linger by the heat? Do you take time to really think about what you're studying? As you read, pay attention. Pay attention to what stands out to you. Pay attention to what captures your attention. As you read, is there a paragraph? Man, that's profound. Let me stay there for a little while. Is there a verse that stirs something inside of you? Does something you read seem to expand your mind and your soul? So reflect on why that sentence means something, right? Reflect on why that verse is provoking something within you. Do you see a signpost as you're reading that's pointing you in a certain direction? Is there an invitation somewhere in the words you read? At the same time, you also think about those verses that make you a little uncomfortable, right? Why is it that I have this sense of discomfort with that? Reflect on why you're, you're in a sense, repelled from that verse. Is it conveying something to you that maybe you just don't want to hear? Is it conveying something that you maybe disagree with? Well, wrestle with that for a little while. Or does it remind you of a duty or a desire you know you should fulfill, but you're honestly resisting? Reflecting on how to apply what you're studying in your life is so crucial. How can you put what you're learning into practice? How should the truths that you're uncovering change how you see your life? How should it affect the decisions that you make? And how should it cause you to alter some habits in your life? Reflection and contemplation are so key. Understand they are the, the, the plug that plugs up the holes of your pipeline, of your mind, that allows you to, to hold that truth and absorb that truth and retain the knowledge that you're studying. And the better the Word of God is absorbed, I want to tell you this, the more it can transform you. The better the Word of God is absorbed in your life, the more it can transform you. So I encourage you this, as you read the text, enter into the text. If you're reading the stories of Scripture, use your imagination to enter into the text. I don't know if you've done this before, but you can actually place yourself in a scene. Imagine what each of your senses would be experiencing. Foster suggests in reference to the Gospels, he says this as you read him. He says, smell the sea, hear the lap of the water along the shore, see the crowd, feel the sun on your head and hunger in your stomach, taste the salt in the air, touch the hem of his garments. You might choose not just to imagine yourself as a bystander in a story, but rather a participant, Right? embodying the roles of certain characters. Alexander White, a writer, writes this. He says, With your imagination anointed with holy oil, you again open your New Testament. At one time you're the publican, at another time you're the prodigal, at another time you're Mary Magdalene, at another time Peter in the porch, till your whole New Testament is all over autobiographical of you. Wow, right? Think about that, church, immersing yourself in the story. All of a sudden, you know, de- you notice details and insights that you would have missed if you were just trying to get your three chapters done for the day, right? Of course, the discipline of study is linked to another discipline that we talked about recently, the discipline of meditation, right? We need to meditate on a word or a phrase, and this is not the Eastern tradition of meditation in which the goal is to empty the mind But rather, in this form of meditation, we seek to fill our mind, right? Fill our mind with the Word of God. Rather than trying to detach the mind from all desires and distractions, we want to attach our minds to something good. If a word or a phrase, again, lights up for you as you read, pause and meditate on it. Keep repeating it to yourself out loud. How long should you engage in this practice of meditation? Now, some people ask, Pastor, how long should I meditate on a verse? How long should I stay there, right? St. Ignatius said this. He said, if one finds in one or two words matters, matter which yields thought, relish, and consolation, one should not be anxious to move forward even if the whole hour is consumed on what is being found. He's saying if one or two words stand out to you, if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you through Scripture, don't be so quick to move on just to get your checklist done. It's worthwhile to be consumed with what you're finding. Finally, I want to challenge you in this, especially to our baptismal candidates, but to every one of you is to memorize the Word of God. Begin to memorize the Word of God. I'll tell you what, this practice of memorization is not so popular in the internet age, because we think, man, I'll just Google it, right? I'll just pull out my phone, I can Google it, I can find that verse. But I want to tell you, when something is stored in an external brain, it doesn't stay at the top of our own brain. And when we keep the Word of God in the cloud, so to speak, it isn't ingrained into the marrow of our bones. It simply isn't accessible when your phone dies. You're like, oh, I know that verse, but, oh, man, right? But something happens, I want to tell you this, when you learn the Word of God by heart. Because then you begin to think about it phrase by phrase. You memorize a favorite verse, I'll tell you what, it becomes a part of who you are. And your understanding of it deepens, your conviction of its message will deepen. Memorizing the Word of God puts it at your disposal anytime, anywhere, right? And when you're wrestling with a temptation, and you're wrestling with a difficult decision, you can recite that scripture to yourself. When a friend needs advice, man, all of a sudden, you got powerful words, man. They're ready to go, right? When you have downtime, when you're driving to work and you shouldn't be on your phone, right? When you're driving or you're waiting in line or you're lying down in bed, all of a sudden, there's this treasury of memorized scripture that gives your mind somewhere uplifting to go. At all times, in all places, you can meditate on what you've memorized, and that will renew your heart. But finally, let me say this, as we come to the Word of God, there, there are two things that are so necessary, okay, so necessary to success with this spiritual discipline of study, and they're more attitudes than they are practices. They are this, they are humility and persistence. Write those words down, per- humility and persistence. I've got to tell you, when it comes to the discipline of spiritual study, we need to approach the Word of God with Humility. If you're gonna study the Word of God in a way that changes you then you have to be open to the idea that what you read may not agree with what you're thinking in the moment right you have to be open to man what I read may change me you have to be humble enough to admit that you could be wrong (laughs) it's a tough thing to do right humble enough to admit that my thinking can be off sometimes humble enough to admit that if you encounter something that convicts you you're willing to adjust your thoughts and your actions to align with that word. We need to approach the study of God's word with proper expectations. You see, if you really study the word of God, here's what I believe, it will be more engaging. It will increase the chances of you receiving fresh insight in life. At the same time, studying the word of God will not always be this ecstatic, moving experience. You won't always go away from saying, hey, wow, check this out, right? You won't always feel that, But that doesn't mean that studying isn't having an effect. And so be persistent in the study of God's Word. Because whether you see it or not, when you study the Word of God, you know there are seeds that are being planted that will eventually bear fruit. They will bear fruit, especially when they're nourished by these other spiritual disciplines that we're going to keep talking about. And so stick with studying the Word of God. Even when you don't feel like it, trusting that breakthroughs will come. Would you stand with me this morning? The worship team is going to lead us as we prepare to baptize these candidates today. I'm excited uh, for this moment. But even as they make a a fresh commitment to God this morning, as they step into the tank and declare Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I want to challenge each and every one of you to make a fresh commitment to study the Word of God, to get into the Word of God and allow it to change you and transform you. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind. I want to close with Paul's challenge to young Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, and this is my challenge to you today. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman, a workman, that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Do you want to know God's will for your life? Do you want to be able to discern what he's calling you to do? Do you want to be able to discern what's happening around you? Then you need to be in the word. As we close with this song and then we move to baptism, I challenge you this morning to make a fresh commitment to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to to serve you. I want to know you. I want to be in your word. Amen. Let's worship together before baptize these today.